You are Locked On Bills, your daily Buffalo Bills podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's up, Bills Mafia? It's Joe Marino from the Draft Network, and I'm your host of Locked On Bills. Happy Wednesday to you. It's time to get into the weeds with the Buffalo Bills Week 3 opponent, the Washington football team. So today is the comprehensive primer. We're going to talk about this football team from every angle, talk about the challenges that they present for the Bills, and of course the keys for the Bills on Sunday. So let's dig into it, the nuts and bolts. The Buffalo Bills will host the Washington football team in Week 3. The game will be played on Sunday, September 26th at 1 p.m. Eastern Time at Highmark Stadium in Orchard Park, New York. The game will be broadcasted again on Fox. Chris Myers is on the play-by-play. Daryl Johnston is the game analyst. And Jennifer Hale is the sideline reporter. It will mark the 16th time the two teams have played each other. The Bills have nine wins. Washington has six. And the Bills have won seven of the last eight games against Washington. Washington enters Sunday with a 1-1 record, just like the Bills, and both of Washington's games have been played at home so far this season, so it's their first road game of the season. So far this year, in Week 1, they lost 20-16 to the Los Angeles Chargers, and they beat the Giants 30-29 on Thursday night football last week, so they come into this game with a rest and preparation time advantage on the Buffalo Bills under Ron Rivera, the head coach of the Washington football team. Washington is 2 and 2 when they have a rest advantage, and the Bills are 4 and 3 under Sean McDermott with a rest disadvantage. And the same will be true again next week when the Bills host the Houston Texans who play on Thursday night this week, so they're going to have a rest advantage on the Bills. So a couple of Weeks here in a row where the team the Bills play has an advantage when it comes to rest. The head coach of the Washington football team is Ron Rivera, 59 years old. He's entering his second season as the head coach of the Washington football team and his 11th season overall as an NFL head coach. His first nine seasons were with the Carolina Panthers. For his career, Rivera holds an 84-73-1 career record and with the Washington football team, he's 8-10 so far. We've got a couple of Ron Rivera fun facts that I like to spit out. The first one is that he's been an NFL head coach for 10 seasons, and seven of those, his team had a losing record. And the reason that stands out to me is because I live in Charlotte, and I had a front row seat to his run with the Carolina Panthers. And there were some really good moments. That 2015 team was really good. But when they let him go... A lot of people didn't like that decision. Ron Rivera is revered in this town. They love him. And when he was let go, there was a lot of people upset, which caused me to take a bird's eye view at his run with the Panthers. And I'm like, this guy's been the coach for nine years and they had a winning record three times. And then of course, his first season in Washington, they had a losing record. So 10 seasons as an NFL head coach, seven of those His team had a losing record, and I respect Ron Rivera. I think he's a great leader. I think he's an awesome person. He was great for the Charlotte community. Him and his wife seem to be like they're wonderful people. 
All of that stuff is true, but the results have not always been there for his football teams. My second Ron Rivera fun fact is that only three teams in NFL history have went to the playoffs with a losing record under a 16-game schedule, and two of those teams were coached by Ron Rivera, the 2014 Panthers, who were 7-8-1, and and the 2020 Washington football team at 7-9. and And if you'd like to know who the other team was, it's the 2010 Seattle Seahawks. So Ron Rivera, he's challenged 65 plays in his career, won 32 of them, so a successful challenge rate of 49%. And real quick on his background, he was an NFL linebacker with the Chicago Bears from 1984 until 1992. Shortly after that, he became a defensive quality control coach with the Bears, and then he was a linebacker's coach for the Eagles from 99 to 2000 under Andy Reid, and he was there when Coach McDermott was there as well. Uh, Defensive coordinator for the Bears from 2004 to 2006, defensive coordinator for the Chargers 2008 to 2010, and then, of course, he became the Panthers head coach in 2011, uh, where he remained until 2019 and the last two years in Washington. The quarterback of this football team was supposed to be Ryan Fitzpatrick, but he's injured with a hip injury. And so the Bills are going to face Taylor Heineke, who is 28 years old, 6 foot 1, 210 pounds, was a UDFA out of Old Dominion in 2015, where he was a four year starter. And this guy's a good athlete, ran a 462 40 yard dash, 421 short shuttle, 6963 cone, 35 inch vertical jump and a 10-foot, 3-inch broad jump, so really good athleticism uh, out of Taylor Heineke. Now, he hasn't run much in the NFL, but at Old Dominion, he had a ton of rushing production, including 22 rushing touchdowns, so this is a guy that can definitely move a little bit. He was originally with the Vikings. He also spent time with the Patriots, Texans, Panthers, the St. Louis Battlehawks of the XFL, and, of course, now with the Washington football team. He started two NFL regular season games and one in the playoffs, which came last year against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. His career as a passer, including that postseason start last year, he's completed 65% of his passes, 1,231 yards, six touchdowns, five interceptions, and a passer rating of 84.3. Now, in that playoff start last year against Tampa Bay, he was terrific. He gave the Bucks all they could handle. And he's played well so far this year. He came in for Fitz during week one. And of course, he started last week against the Giants. And so far this year, he's completing 73.8% of his passes and a 104.4 passer rating on 61 attempts. So let's dig into the numbers a little bit, look at some of these splits. 35.3% of His passing attempts this year have been play action, and that is a high percentage. And his passer rating with play action is 144.5, which is third best in the NFL. 13.2% of his passes are screen passes. That's a high number as well. So you got to be ready for play action. You got to be ready for screens. 10% of his attempts are 20-plus yards down the field. That's a very average, maybe a little below average number when it comes to deep passing attempts. Now, you know I love to talk about the pressure splits. Quarterbacks when they're kept clean versus when they're pressured. And just like most quarterbacks, 
Taylor Heineke struggles with pressure. Let's look at these splits. So he's kept clean with no pressure 76.5% of the time so far this year. His completion percentage is 77.6, 8.2 yards per attempt, and a passer rating of 112.8. When he's pressured, which is 23.5% of the time so far this year, he's got a completion percentage of 58.3, 4.7 yards per attempt, and a passer rating of 70.1. So his completion percentage dips 19.3%. His yards per attempt falls by 3.5 yards, and his passer rating plummets 42.7 points. You want to make a quarterback worse? Get pressure on him. Now, when it comes to Taylor Heineke, blitzing actually works. So far this year, he's not blitzed 75% of the time, and he's doing well when he's not blitzed. Completion percentage of 79%, 8.4 yards per attempt, and a passer rating of 114.2. With the blitz, which has happened 25% of the time so far this year, a completion percentage of 57.1%, 4.4 yards per attempt, and a passer rating of 68.2. So just like when he's pressured, when you blitz him, he struggles. And so the Bills, who are among the top three most aggressive blitz teams so far in the NFL this year. They need to heat this guy up again. And then one other number here that I want to bring up that's interesting to me is the over-under two-and-a-half seconds split. So when he holds onto the ball for more than two-and-a-half seconds or when he gets the ball out quick in under two-and-a-half seconds, the splits here are notable. In fact, when he holds onto the ball, he does quite well, which I think speaks to that athleticism the play-action game, and Heineke overall being a type of quarterback that has that ability to work off script. So when Heineke gets the ball out in under two and a half seconds, which is 56.7% of the time, he has a completion percentage of 73.7, yards per attempt of 4.8, and a passer rating of 81.3. When he holds on to the football for more than two and a half seconds, which is 43.3% of the time, He's completing 77.3% of his passes, 12.5 yards per attempt, and a passer rating of 148.9. That is the second best passer rating in the NFL on passing attempts where the ball was held for over two and a half seconds. So you may look at Taylor Heineke as this backup quarterback and the Bills are going to mop the floor with him, but he's a reasonable player that has good athleticism, thrives in the play-action game, has a good deep ball, and has the ability to extend plays and hold on to the football and exhaust his progressions and make plays. I mean, this isn't a quarterback that you look at and say, man, he doesn't bring anything to the table. This isn't like that San Francisco quarterback we talked about last year, Nick Mullins. This is a guy with some ability. So don't underestimate this guy. There are people in Washington that thinks he has a chance to be their long-term answer beyond this season. And this will be a great opportunity here with Fitzpatrick on the sideline for him to showcase his skill set and instill some confidence that he could be the guy. I know that he hasn't done much in the NFL, but when he's been on the field, he's held his head above water and made some really nice plays. 
And so I just don't want everyone to underestimate this guy because there's a chance this is a diamond in the rough that winds up being a really difficult quarterback to defend. So maybe the Bills will light him up and make him look silly, but Tampa Bay didn't do that in the playoffs last year. The Giants didn't do that last week. So this is a guy that can play a little bit, and I don't want anyone to underestimate him. Football season is back and better than ever. All eyes are on the gridiron with teams back on the field to start another season. As always, Bet Online is your number one spot for all the pro and college football action this season. With a new updated site and interface, even more odds, props, and contests, BetOnline.ag continues to be the number one source for everything football. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today to receive your 100% welcome bonus. That's double your initial deposit just for signing up. And don't forget to use promo code NFL100. From football, basketball, boxing, right to your favorite Vegas casino games, don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season. Bet Online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports, and they are your online sportsbook experts. Hey, Bills fans, this is Joe Marino with an incredible app everyone who buys gas needs to know about, Get Upside. My listeners are making up to 25 cents for every gallon of gas every time they fill up. Just download the free Get Upside app in the App Store or Google Play right now and use promo code TOUCHDOWN and get a bonus $0.25 cents per gallon on your first fill-up. That's up to $0.50 cents cash back. Don't pay full price at the pump anymore. Get cash back using Get Upside. Just download the app for free and use promo code TOUCHDOWN to get up to $0.50 cents per gallon cash back on your first Tank. Some people who drive a lot are making as much as two to three hundred dollars a month in cash back, and there's no catch. The cash back gets added right to your account. You can cash out anytime to your bank account, PayPal, or an e-gift card for Amazon and other brands. Just download the free GetUpside app and use promo code Touchdown. The offensive coordinator for the Washington Football Team is Scott Turner. He's 39 years old. He's in his second season as the Washington OC. He is the son of Norv Turner, former NFL head coach, the offensive coordinator for those Dallas Cowboys offenses back in the day. Got his first NFL opportunity with the Carolina Panthers back in 2011 as an offensive quality control coach. Then he went to the Vikings to be their quarterbacks coach from 2014 through 2016. He then went back to Carolina to be their quarterbacks coach from 2018 through 2019 and he's been the offensive coordinator for the Washington football team since 2020. So far this season, the Washington football team's offense is scoring 23 points per game, which is 16th in the NFL. They're converting 30.4% of their third down opportunities, which is dead last in the NFL. They're averaging 333 yards per game, which is 22nd. They're averaging 126.5 rushing yards per game, which is 20th and 226.5 passing yards per game, which is 24th. When you look at the weapons that this offense features, let's start with their running back, Antonio Gibson, second-year player out of Memphis. He's six foot two, 220 pounds, runs a 4.39 40-yard dash. He's big, he's explosive, he's physical, he can catch the football. I mean, he played a lot of receiver for Memphis and has actually kind of transitioned to running back in the NFL. And he had a really good rookie season, 
So far this year, he's averaging 3.27 yards after contact per carry, which is a lot. And uh, he's averaging 4.8 total yards per carry so far this season. So he's a really good running back. He's young. He's fresh. He catches the football. He's big, powerful, and explosive. He's a lot to deal with. His backup is a guy that they get involved quite a bit, J.D. McKissick. He's a complimentary player that catches the football extremely well. Caught 82 passes for this team last year. So he gives them that third down ability, pass catching ability, and they'll get them both involved in the screen game. They'll flex them both out. They do a lot of different things with these running backs. They're extremely versatile. When it comes to zone and gap runs, you'll see a mix of both. So far in 2021, they've run 27 zone runs and 14 gap runs. So mostly zone, but there's still plenty of gap runs when it comes to this Washington offense. At wide receiver, they've got a stud. Terry McLaurin, young player, uh, was a draft pick out of Ohio State that has quickly become one of the better wide receivers in the NFL. In my mind, he's already a top five route runner in the NFL. And in some ways, I do think he compares very favorably to Stephon Diggs, but might be more explosive. So he is really good. I mean, he knows how to get open. He's got really good ball skills. He's creative with the football in his hands. He tracks the ball well down the field. He's a really good wide receiver. The other wide receivers leave something to be desired. Uh, They would love to have Curtis Samuel, who they gave a pretty sizable contract to. Uh, He's injured. He won't play in this game. And so the number two receiver is going to be Deami Brown, who's a rookie third-round pick out of North Carolina. You guys probably remember me talking him up because I liked him for the Bills on day two. Uh, Vertical threat, really good down the field. Uh, But the Bills didn't draft him, obviously. He goes to Washington, and so he's a good player. He's young, um, has a lot to prove in the NFL, but I loved his game coming out of North Carolina. Uh, Adam Humphreys, they also have as a slot receiver. Typical slot-type guy, good route runner. Get him going on choice routes. He'll separate against linebackers, catch the football, and get up the field. Um, you know, Kind of like the, uh, the discount version of Cole Beasley, if you will. So McLaurin is that dude at receiver. They've got a nice, talented young player in De'Ami Brown who wins down the field, and a nice slot receiver in Adam Humphreys who knows how to get open and keep things on schedule. Their tight end is Logan Thomas. You guys know him, former Buffalo Bill, converted quarterback, and um, it's really come together for him. He signed a nice contract this past offseason, had a really productive 2020 season for Washington, and he's a big part of their passing game. So you can expect to see him involved, and he's a good player. He's got good size, he's athletic, and he's found a lot of production with Washington. So their weaponry, I mean, Antonio Gibson, pretty tough running back to deal with, really dynamic number one receiver in Terry McLaurin, a good tight end in Logan Thomas, versatile running back in J.D. McKissick to go with Gibson. And then, you know, we'll see with De'Ami Brown and Adam Humphreys. This team looks a lot different with Curtis Samuel, but he's not available for this game. So something to be mindful of. Good, young, talented football players here that are pretty potent. When it comes to this offensive line, let's work through it quickly left to right. Their left tackle is Charles Leno. A longtime Chicago Bear. He started a lot of games in the NFL. Doesn't bring much size, but he's been a pretty consistent guy. 
I don't think he's an above-average player. He's probably average at this point. He's not a wall or anything like that, but he's a reasonably good left tackle in the NFL. Their left guard is Eric Flowers. He's a below-average player in my mind. Their center is Chase Roulet, who I think is one of the better centers in the game. Definitely kind of that top 10, top 12 range. Good football player. Their right guard is Brandon Scherf, who's one of the best interior offensive linemen in the NFL. Extremely powerful run blocker. So him versus Star Latulale should present some really good reps. Uh, but Scherf is a total stud. And then their right tackle is a rookie, Sam Cosme, out of Texas. I think this is this is the guy that you can find some success against. Uh, left tackle at Texas, a guy who, from a technique perspective, I thought needed a lot of work coming out of Texas. Obviously a lot of length and athleticism, and he's got some good power. But the technique isn't there, and so... There should be some chances here for Rousseau and Jerry Hughes and A.J. Epinesa off that left side to uh, get to the quarterback through Sam Cosme. So that that's your opportunity. I think the left guard, Eric Flowers, the right tackle, Sam Cosme. Those are the two weak links on this offensive line. So what are my keys? What are my keys for the Bills' defense against the Washington offense? Number one, get pressure on Heineke. Blitz him. Don't be afraid to blitz him. Heat him up. He's a guy that you don't want to just sit back there and be comfortable and you know leave the pocket. You don't want him to be comfortable in the play-action game, turning his back to the line of scrimmage. You need to heat this guy up. Dial up your pressures. A blitz-heavy game plan is a good game plan this week. You just don't want this guy to be comfortable. So make it like this guy's on the interstate. And he's got to cross the road, but there's cars coming from every direction. I do a lot of the stuff that you did against Miami, dialing up pressure and heating this dude up because he struggles with the blitz and he struggles with pressure. Number two, don't underestimate Heineke. I kind of talked about that when I finished up my analysis and research on Heineke, but he's no scrub. He's not a guy that just because he's at quarterback, Washington doesn't have a chance. Like I said, gave the Bucks all they can handle. Beat the Giants last week. When he's gotten on the field, he's done pretty well. And he's got a lot to prove, right? A guy with a chip on his shoulder. UDFA out of Old Dominion. Bounced around for a long time. Couldn't start in the XFL. This is his chance. And he's a good athlete. So... Number two is just don't underestimate him. Don't think that he's not capable of beating you. Because I think he's got a chance here to be a diamond in the rough. Number three, don't let Terry McLaurin beat you. Easier said than done. He's a stud. That's why you pay Trey White all that money. And their ancillary pass catchers, not that deep, not that scary. You can live with some production from De'Ami Brown and Logan Thomas and Adam Humphreys. But Terry McLaurin, that's a guy you got to account for on every snap and make sure that your best corner in Trey White is defending him. And I'm sure going up against Steph Diggs every day in practice is really good prep for a guy like Trey White going up against McLaurin. And I'm not trying to sit here and say that McLaurin is just going to have his way with Trey White. That's not what I'm insinuating. But he's a tough cover that has made a lot of corners look silly. 
Big game for Trey White this week. And number four, I have written down, be ready for the versatility of these running backs. They've got a big physical back that can run inside and outside and catch the football. Really good pass catcher in McKissick. They're going to have the screen game going. So be ready for it. And that's why you're glad you have guys like Tremaine Edmonds and Matt Milano, Taron Johnson. Because those are some challenging assignments and those are good players. So I know that this is a backup quarterback and the depth of their weapons isn't that great and they got a couple of suspect players on their offensive line, but there's some challenges here. And so those are my keys for the Bills to have success against the Washington offense on Sunday. Does this sound familiar? You've got one device that lets you catch the game live, another that lets you stream your favorite shows, you're watching sports highlights on your phone, and you've got your neighbor's best friends log in for the good stuff. Well, I want to tell you about a simple way to get all that entertainment you love without the hassle and a great way to finally get your TV together. It's called Direct TV Stream, and it brings your live TV and on-demand favorites together like never before so you can watch your favorite shows, movies, sports, all in one place. That means no more juggling remotes and no need to buy another device ever again. And the best part, there's no annual contract. So get rid of the clutter and the confusion and get your TV together with Direct TV Stream. You can learn more at directtv.com. That's directtv.com. Compatible device required. Content varies by package. Did you know that Built Bar has so many delicious flavors? There is something for everyone. They have coconut, cherry, raspberry, mint brownie, double chocolate, strawberry, orange, cookies and cream, salted caramel. So many great flavors. And look, maybe you don't know where to start. Get yourself a mixed box. That's where you can get two of each of the nine flavors. Try them all. Figure out which ones are your favorites. And not only are Built Bars the best tasting protein bars on the planet, they're healthy too. Check out these macros. 17 to 18 grams of protein. Calories range from 130 to 180. Only 4 to 5 grams of sugar and only 4 to 5 grams of net carbs. The flavors are amazing. They're all tasty and they're all healthy. Got a deal for you? Go to BuiltBars.com. Use our promo code LOCKED15 and you'll get 15% off your next order. Again, that's promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at BuiltBar.com. The defensive coordinator for the Washington football team is Jack Del Rio, 58 years old. He's in his second season as the Washington defensive coordinator. Uh, He was the head coach for the Jaguars from 2003 to 2011, head coach for the Raiders 2015 through 2017, and he's been a defensive coordinator in the NFL for the Panthers, Broncos, and now Washington. So this guy has a lot of experience, obviously, coordinating defenses and leading teams in the NFL. Washington was really good on defense in 2020. Second in total defense, fourth in points, seventh in takeaways. And so they carried that team last year to a division title and the playoffs. And while I know that you're not going to be impressed by a 7-9 and record, the defense was really good. So far, they're not off to a great start. They're allowing 24.5 points per game, which is 16th in the NFL. They have six sacks in two games. They are allowing 407 yards per game, which is 25th in the NFL, 127 rushing yards per game, which is 23rd, and 291 passing yards per game, which is 24th. So this is definitely a unit that can play a whole lot better than they have to this point. And when I talk about this defensive personnel, you'll understand why. I think this is one of the better 
collections of defensive talent that you're going to find anywhere in the NFL. So let's let's get into it. Let's talk about these players that they have on defense. At defensive tackle, two studs, Deron Payne and John Allen. Both are first-round picks. Both are playmakers. Both are paid a lot of money, and they're studs. John Allen, one of the more refined hand technicians you're going to see in the NFL, plays with good leverage, just extremely technically refined, athletic, has a hot motor. He's a load to deal with. And then Deron Payne is a big-bodied guy that has pass rush ability in addition to the ability to stuff the run. Incredible pair of defensive tackles, and they have good depth. Matt Ioannidis is the guy that they'll play inside and outside, and he's made a big-time impact as a rotational player for the team. And then they also have Tim Settle, who's this big-bodied dude that gives them some size and beef off the bench. At defensive end, they got a couple of studs. Chase Young, the number two overall pick in last year's draft, and Montez Sweat. Chase Young has the ability to be a game wrecker. And you've seen that in flashes already at this point in his NFL career, just uh, barely over a season into it. The dude is rare. I mean, you talk about Miles Garrett, Khalil Mack, the Bosa's. He has that type of ability. And so he's still developing, but there are times where I watch him play and he's unblockable to me. So he will be an absolutely massive challenge for Daryl Williams and Deion Dawkins. And then the other guy they have, like I mentioned, Montez Sweat, an absolutely insane athlete with really good length, knows how to reduce pass rush angles, and he's just a load to deal with. So this defensive line, Payne, Allen, Young, and Sweat, they're all first-round picks. They're all talented, and they all have really dynamic physical ability. They're all playmakers. Really outstanding group up front. Now at linebacker, the guy that you'll see on the field for every snap is Cole Holcomb, who I think is an average player at best. Gritty guy, plays hard, knows how to get people lined up. He's just not that dynamic of a player. He's a good player, but he's not a linebacker that I look at and say, wow, just really a lot to deal with there. John Bostic is a veteran that plays alongside of him. And then their first-round pick, Jamin Davis out of Kentucky, he's been playing sparingly, um, kind of a matchup-specific guy at this point, a really dynamic athlete. He's good in space. He can cover a little bit. So I think he'll play some, but I don't think he'll be a major part of what they do although he's young, talented, and obviously a big part of their future on defense. At cornerback, a couple of really good players here in William Jackson and Kendall Fuller. Um, Jackson, former Cincinnati Bengal, really good man-to-man coverage guy. Kendall Fuller, same thing. They both tackle. They both have ball skills. And then they'll play Benjamin St. Juice. So when they go nickel, Kendall Fuller will slide inside to the slot, and Benjamin St. Juice, a rookie out of Minnesota, will come in and play on the outside. And he's a long, physical, athletic, press corner, more of a straight-line guy. I don't think they're going to want him defending Diggs or Sanders, but I do think he's a good cover option for them to line up against Gabriel Davis. So I think you'll see that quite a bit. And, you know, Jackson, William Jackson the third, their number one corner who they just paid a lot of money to come over from Cincinnati. I mean, Jackson has that type of ability to match steps with 
any receiver in the NFL. I've seen him give Antonio Brown a lot of trouble. So he's got that type of skill. So St. Juice is the one you want to go after. Fuller is a you know veteran that's versatile, and Jackson is the epitome of a number one corner in the NFL. At safety, they've got a fun group here. Landon Collins, um, former Giants safety. They're paying him a ton of money. Uh, more of an option to play down in the box and attack the line of scrimmage. Um, you don't want him playing deep, but he's a guy that is physical playing forward. I'm sure they'll give him opportunities to serve as a spy and maybe uh, keep Josh Allen in the pocket, and he's a big-time hitter. And then they have Bobby McCain, former Miami Dolphin. Uh, he plays free safety, kind of a one-high guy. Um, I think he can be had. The Bills have went after McCain in the past when he was on Miami and made him pay, and so that'll be interesting to see how he factors in to this contest. And then Cameron Curl, who was a rookie for them last year, made a lot of plays, and he's in and out of the lineup a little bit. I think they're getting Bobby McCain going. I thought Curl played well as a rookie and that he'd be a starter for them, but he's kind of in and out. So we'll see what his utilization is on Sunday. But you know, when it comes to this back seven, it's about Fuller and Jackson and Landon Collins. And those two corners, Fuller and Jackson, is a really, really, really good pair. So what are my keys for the Bills' offense against this Washington defense? Number one, attack the middle of the field in the passing game. You know, I don't think these linebackers are good coverage linebackers. I don't think their safeties are necessarily great coverage safeties. So if I'm going to pick a spot on the field to, to attack against this Washington team, it's the middle. And I don't think they're going to give you a lot of middle of the field open. But what you have to do is run some deep ins and run some seam routes and that type of stuff to create those opportunities to attack them where their personnel is the weakest. So number one, attack the middle of the field in the passing game. Number two is test the communication of the secondary. They got good players, but these guys have not played much together. Fuller and Jackson, it's their first year on the team, right? Benjamin St. Juice is a rookie. All of these corners are new. And Bobby McCain is new. So you have all of these secondary players that are new to playing together. And so challenge that. Give them switch releases with your receivers. Create route combinations that put them in situations where they have to talk and communicate with each other. Utilize bunch sets and see if they know who they're supposed to pick up. Test all that. So attack the middle of the field and then test the communication of this secondary. Talented players, not a lot of time on task together. Number three, have the right plan for pass protection. The Bills didn't have the right plan for pass protection in week one. And this team has elite talent up front. And they blitz a ton. The Washington football team is third in the NFL when it comes to blitz frequency. So they're going to send Sweat and Young and Allen and Payne at you, but then they're also going to send linebackers and defensive backs at you. So you got to figure out what you're going to do here. Are you going to keep in extra blockers? Is Zach Moss going to be a bigger part of the game plan in pass protection? Are you going to utilize your tight ends more? Is Tommy Sweeney going to chip in this game? Is Dawson Knox going to chip in this game? 
Or are you going to forego that and have more guys on routes? That's what they did in the Pittsburgh game. Didn't really work out. So this is a game where they have to kind of figure out what the right plan is to block these guys. And maybe it's an all-of-the-above approach, but Brian Dable's got to figure out this plan. And then number four is run the football straight ahead. This isn't the type of game where I would do a lot of cutback runs, and I know that Devin Singletary loves cutback runs. But with their athleticism on the defensive line, with the length that they have on the edge in Young and Sweat, they're going to crash down and make those plays. So get the ball and go. It's not the week to be setting up cutback runs and searching for those adjacent gaps. Just go. If you're going to run the football, get the ball and go. So those are my keys. Attack the middle of the field. Test the communication of the secondary. Have the right plan for pass protection and run the football straight ahead. Let's quickly touch on their special teams. Their kicker is Dustin Hopkins, former Buffalo Bills draft pick, Dustin Hopkins. He's been the Washington kicker since 2015, and he's hit 84% of the field goals he's attempted for his career. He's a very average NFL kicker. He'll miss some. He'll make most. The punter that they have is Tress Way. He's been their punter since 2014. He's really good. Probably one of the 10 best punters in the NFL. And the return guy uh, is DeAndre Carter. He handles punts and kicks. He's been a returner in the NFL since 2018. Spent time with the Eagles, Texans, Bears, and now Washington. Has a 4-4-4, 40-yard dash. And um, he's been a pretty clean ball handler. Only three muffs in 113 fielded punts so far in the NFL. So I think he's a very average, get-the-job-done type punt returner and kick returner. So there you have it. The Washington football team, all the challenges that they present and what I think the Bills need to do to deal with them. You could probably tell from my tone that I have a lot of respect for the makeup of this roster. And it's not that it's an impossible team to beat, right? Like, I don't want to overstate what this team is, but they've got some nice playmakers on offense. They've got some good offensive linemen. They've got an elite defensive line. They got some crazy good talent in the cornerback room. So it's incomplete in some spots, but they present some challenges. And they're not a team to take lightly just because the Bills are at home and they're nine-point favorites and Taylor Heineke's the quarterback of this team. So I always want to present a very honest picture of what the Bills are getting into in the coming game when we do these comprehensive primers. And so I was very deliberate with the way that I talked about this football team because if the Bills don't take them lightly, it's a team that can beat Buffalo. And quite honestly, I'm not super comfortable with how the Bills' offense matches up with this defense. This defense wants to get right. They're extremely talented. They've had extra time to prepare. And the Bills' offense has a lot to prove. So it should be a fun one on Sunday. And we've got a lot more to do here on the podcast to get ready. Tomorrow, our crossover discussion with Locked On Washington football team. Leftover thoughts, predictions, the injury roundup on Friday. So make sure that you're subscribed. Would love it if you took a second to rate the podcast. Give it a five-star rating, maybe a few sentences in the review column. 
Share the podcast, tell a friend. All that stuff is so, so helpful. I hope you have an awesome Wednesday, and I look forward to catching up with you again tomorrow.